You're listening to episode 9 of the Freelance Podcast, a podcast for those looking to make the jump into or just getting started with full-time freelancing, hosted by RJ McCollum. Hello, everybody. I am RJ McCollum, your host of the podcast. Welcome to this week's episode, and I'm going to call an audible. I'm going to switch things up a little bit, and this episode is going to be somewhat kind of state of the union-y, somewhat ranty, somewhat um, challenging. I'm going to kind of lay lay down a challenge. So just to to give you guys a, a a brief idea of why this episode is going to be this way is one, uh, it's my show. <laughs> you know, I can, I can kind of do whatever I want. This, this whole podcast, you know, the, the whole show is meant to give freelancers looking to make the jump into full-time freelancing, or maybe those who recently have, give them something valuable, something that means something, something that they can take away whether that is a piece of advice, a service that they may want to use, something that helps them improve their business, whatever it is. But there's no restrictions on what format I have to follow and in which way I deliver that. There's a lot of podcasts, and and I was guilty of this when I first started, a lot of podcasts out there follow the formula because that's what you do, and, you know, you got to get listeners, and obviously, you know, I want to grow the listener base, and there are benefits in it for me if people listen to this podcast, but at the end of the day, what's starting to happen is people are starting to, I'm getting emails, I'm getting tweets, I'm getting reviews on iTunes, and what's kind of, what's coming to light for me is that I'm getting to interact with real people. I'm getting to actually talk to the people that I wanted to create the show for in the first place. So because I'm getting more of those interactions, I'm going to kind of keep doing what I'm doing and hope that uh, you know other people respond to it and it resonates with them in one way or another. And I'm not going to necessarily focus so much on the listener base. Um, you know, it's fun for me to do this. This isn't my job. I have, you know, clients uh, that I do work for. I'm not making any money off of this. You know, sure, it would be nice. It does cost money to run this. I had to buy equipment, services, and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, my goal is not to get sponsors in order to pay all of my bills so I can podcast full time. My goal is to help people, hopefully like yourself, uh, that, you know, can just Keep that motivation going in order for you guys to eventually make that jump into full-time freelancing. So, with all of that said, like I said, today, somewhat state of the union-y, I'm going to lay down a challenge. We're going to kind of talk, you know, it's the beginning, 2015, I mean, it, it's it's the new year, it, it, we're six days into the new year, and typically what happens around the new year is whether it's personal, professional, both, or whatever, we all look at ourselves. We look at 2014, and we see our um, wins and our losses, and we look to 2015 with this newfound hope that this year gives us, and we say, okay, here is what I want to do. Here is what I want to accomplish. And that's good. You should be doing that. If if you're not, and and you're, let me let me start over. If you're not, and you're a freelancer, 
something is off. <laughs> you you need to be looking to the future. There has to be some sort of excitement. Maybe you want to try something new. You want to learn a new skill, whatever. Um, but that's kind of, you know, we're at a time. It's a good time to sit down and talk about some of those things. I'm going to kind of talk my 2015 goals and stuff out loud just to kind of give you guys an idea of how somebody that has been freelancing for a year at this point, you know, what what are my goals? What am I looking to do to continue getting business, continue making money? Uh, what am I doing to get better at my skill set and all that fun stuff? And then I've kind of made a self-imposed challenge for myself and and I'll talk a little bit more about that but I'm going to challenge you guys as well so uh make sure to stick around for that no sponsors today or anything like that we're just going to jump right into things but one second before I do is I wanted to uh one read a iTunes review that I got that I thought was pretty cool. And two, I wanted to answer a, uh, we have Ryan, a listener of the show, send in an email and I wanted to take an opportunity to go ahead and answer his question and maybe uh, call on you guys to help Ryan as well. So first, let's start with the iTunes review. This is by Head Coach Head. Uh, started or left the review on January 1st, New Year's, and it says, This is a great podcast. I'm a former college basketball coach turned PMP and an inspiring front end developer. I listen at work, and the information you provide is great. Thank you. Keep up the good work. People are listening and learning. Head Coach Head, thank you very much. That is quite the career change, I would say, from former college basketball coach. Uh, to aspiring front-end web developers. So that's really awesome. Never would I have thought that uh, a former basketball, a former college basketball coach would listen to this and find something valuable. So thank you very much. It is great to hear from you guys via emails, reviews, and stuff like that to let me know that you are getting something out of it. So head coach head, whoever you are out there, thank you very much. We appreciate the feedback. All right, so let's get into Ryan's question. So Ryan wrote in, he said, Hi, RJ. I'm a recent college grad and recently relocated to New York. Without having a working background in communications or writing, I've had a hard time finding meaningful work that leverages my abilities in those two fields. All that to say, I'm looking to start working as a freelance writer for news publications, newsletters, company corporate content, or work on strategic communications. I recently created a portfolio website using Wix, and he gives the link there, but I'm now working on creating a WordPress layout with iPage hosting. I'm currently taking your advice on working on mock projects to build both my background and portfolio. My question is about pricing schemes. How do you recommend coming up with prices for the work being done? Do you create estimates for every job, or is it better to post an approximate price sheet for potential clients to see before they can ever contact you? Any help, guidance, recommendations are appreciated. Thanks for producing the podcast. I found them really insightful. Cheers, Ryan. Ryan, thank you very much for taking the time to send in your question. And although your specific question is labeled around pricing, I wanted to talk real quick uh, just about your portfolio site. Wix, uh, dot com is, uh, I'm sure you guys have seen the commercials, and it is a quick and easy way Um to get a website up there, certainly, but I'm very happy to hear that you are using uh, WordPress on an actual host. 
uh, that's going to allow you to get something a little bit more professional up and running and, and in the end give you more control over the website and allow you to do more things. So you're definitely making the right step by switching from Wix to a WordPress solution. So good job on that. And uh, absolutely, in episode two, we talked about building your portfolio. And a lot of people oftentimes will say, well, I don't have any clients. How can I build a portfolio? One of the ways that I suggested was to just make something up. Make something up and go through your process of, you know, whatever it is, in Ryan's case, writing. That way you have something that you can show in your portfolio, gives you a little more experience, so forth and so on. So really glad to hear that that hit home and you're taking that advice, Ryan. So now on to your actual question, which is about pricing schemes. He says, how do you recommend coming up with prices for the work being done? Do you create estimates for every job or is it better to post an approximate price sheet for potential clients to see before they ever contact you? So when it comes to pricing, uh, deciding your pricing, how you price in terms of hourly or projects, estimates, uh, do you display them online? This is something we can certainly spend a whole uh, episode on. And in fact, probably in the near future we are going to, but I wanted to kind of address this question now on this particular episode. And that is because when it comes to pricing, um, there's no, I'm not going to say it's a clear cut thing. There's no do it this way. This is the best way to do it. You're going to have to kind of figure out what works best for you and go, go that, go that route. With that said, to give you some ideas, let's start with prices. So one thing you're going to have to decide in terms of pricing is you're going to have to set sort of in your mind this baseline price. And for many freelancers, you have to decide, am I going to do uh, a base hourly price and focus on that and then, you know, calculate my work based on hours and charge based off of that? Or are you going to go a different route and do a per project or a kind of base project fee? You know, the most simple work that I would do for a client is going to cost at least, you know, $400, $500 or something like that. So I would start there. Now, I'm not a freelance writer. I typically, in my experience, I would say that the price uh or something that you're going to have to take and consider when setting kind of that base price is amount of words. Um, so maybe you come up with a per word or per paragraph, however you find in your industry people are pricing often, you're going to have to kind of find that base. So whether that's hourly, per project, or in Ryan's case as a freelance writer, maybe per word coming up with that. Once you have that kind of base price in mind, what it does is it just allows you to think clearly when you're dealing with other ways of pricing. And what I mean by that is, you know, his next question is, do you create estimates for every job or is it better to post an approximate price sheet for potential clients to see before they contact you? Now, mainly I am working not necessarily so much with a lot of client to client where I'm going through the sales process to get new clients. I'm working with other agencies to where the goal is they can bring me repeat work. So typically what I do when I start working with a new agency is I try to come up with a base per project fee. 
And we'll discuss this based on the difficulty of the work, frequency of the work, how, you know, if they have, if if they're going to be sending me, you know, two, three projects a month, I'm probably going to give them a little bit better price than say somebody that's sending me one project every other month. Uh, You know, you want to make sure that you take care of people that are sending you regular work. And one of the ways I do that is to make sure those who do send me consistent work that, you know, they get my best prices. So that's those are some of the things that come into account for me working with agencies. If I'm just doing one-off work, somebody contacts me to help uh, with something, or even these agencies that you know may need kind of a one-off thing that isn't a true you know project to what we would do. You know, I have an hourly rate, so my hourly rate currently is seventy-five dollars. And so that is, you know, discussed with the people that I work with. And I'll typically, you know, they'll come to me and say, hey, I need X, Y, and Z done. I need it done by this date. You know, can you do it? Will you do it? And how much are you going to charge me? So because I have that base rate, which in my case is hourly, I can say, okay, I'm looking at the work and I've been doing this long enough to say, okay, this is probably going to take me. Uh, you know, between one and one, one and a half hours. So I'm going to go ahead and quote them at two hours to make sure I cover my butt just a little bit in case something doesn't go according to plan. And I will give them an estimate for each job. So my recommendation, because that's not necessarily a clear cut answer for you, my recommendation, Ryan, would be to set that base price, whatever that base price is per project hourly, or in your case, per word, have that in your head. So that way, when you get an estimate or when you have to give an estimate or something, you can work off of that. But just be open to um, be open to doing pricing different ways. If it's a one-off, it's a, if it's a rush job, I charge a rush fee. Uh, you know, over the holidays, there were a couple people that came to me and said, "Hey, I need this done, and they want it done before you know." during the holidays or whatever. I said, okay, well, great. Here's what I charge you. And then there's a $200 rush fee if you want me to get to it before then. So there's a a bunch of different aspects when it comes to pricing out. Now to go ahead and address the, do you post your prices so a client can see them before they ever contact you? This is what I'm, I am for this and against this at the same time. And let me tell you why. So I definitely think there is a benefit to posting your prices in one way or another, whether that's giving a range or, you know, projects starting at, you know, when when people typically come to me and say, hey, you know, can you help me with the website? What do you guys typically cost? I'm going to give them, I'm going to typically say, well, our projects start usually between 2000 and 2500 for something, something very basic. And, and right off the bat, what that does is it gives them an idea of how much I charge. And because I said for something basic, they know that, you know, it's, I'd certainly charge more depending on what they need. I have been personally thinking of, do I put that on my website? You know, prices start at $2,500 and go up from there. And that can help you, uh, because what it can do is it can weed out dealing with people that just don't have that budget. You know, when you're starting out as a new freelancer, or you're making, you're getting ready to make that jump, you obviously, you you typically want to get as much work as you can, and you're willing to work with people uh, and budgets that you may not typically work with. That way you can get some money coming in, portfolio pieces, so forth and so on. 
But when you get to a level where you you don't have to take anything that comes your way, you do not want to waste your time dealing with people that, you know, if if it if I charge $2500 to build a website, if their budget is $750, I can't help them. That's that's not anything that I can work with. So I don't want to spend my time going back and forth talking about the project and then all of a sudden, you know, we we get to the pricing point and they say, "Oh, wow, well yeah, we just don't have the budget." And then you've just wasted all this time and it, it just creates issues. So that's a benefit to putting pricing on your website or posting a price sheet is that it can weed those people out. I kind of do that to a certain extent on my uh website now. I don't have a pricing page, but on my uh, contact form where people can request information or a quote, I have a, you know, what's your budget uh, drop down. And my, the, the options within that drop down start at, you know, 2499 to 5000, 5000 to 10,000, 10,000 plus whatever. Um, so I do do that to a certain extent. Now, the bad side of that is maybe you have somebody that, let's say, you know, to write a website copy for for somebody's, you know, startup website. And I don't know typically what what uh, what writers charge, but let's just say $1,000. You'll go through and you will, you know, write all the copy for their website and uh, and all the stuff that comes along with that. Now, let's say this person has a budget of 750 You post on your website that it has 1000 Before you ever have the opportunity to talk with this person, learn about the project, or maybe make some compromises, you lose that customer because they say, oh, well, they cost too much, and they go to the next person, which they'll absolutely be able to find somebody to do that work, even though it may not be as good as you. Now, that can be good because it weeds out people, but there are going to be some instances where just a cool project comes along. You know, maybe maybe this is like the next big thing on Kickstarter, and while they have a limited budget, it's going to get you more exposure because a bunch of people are going to see it. Maybe you guys can come up, you know, with, you know, typically sites will have a designed by or built by. Maybe you can have, you know, content by and then your name. So there are some downsides because people can make an assumption right away and before you even have a chance to talk to them, they've already moved on to somebody else. So uh, I know that's a a very long-winded Don answer for you, Ryan, but hopefully we've given you a number of things to consider in order to come up with your pricing scheme, different ways to price, and whether or not to post those on your website. Okay. So it's 2015. It's a brand new year. What are you doing to get yourself closer to being able to make that jump into full-time freelancing? Maybe you just took the jump. A couple episodes back, we interviewed Kyle Johnson, who took the jump in December. It's now 2015. What is he doing to keep things rolling? I'm sure that he has a plan. When we talked to him, it definitely sounded like he had a great attitude and spent a lot of time getting ready for that. But it's a brand new year. What are you doing to make yourself better to get closer to these goals that you want? It's something you got to be thinking about. And I have certainly been thinking about it. I remember 2014, uh, you know, the the new year 2014, I was a month into full-time freelancing. I absolutely sat down and said, okay, what is it that I wanted to do? And I remember 
listing a bunch of stuff. You know, obviously I wanted to get more clients. I wanted to focus a little bit more on marketing in order to bring those clients in. I wanted to create, you know, premium WordPress themes. I wanted to learn Ruby on Rails. I wanted to build web applications. Now, I look, I, you know, obviously it's 2015 now. I have the ability to look back and see all the things that I wanted to do. I I set my sights a little too large because I didn't really put anything out there that was, uh, you know, I never really accomplished any of those goals so, uh, so much so that I would consider them, you know, yes, I did that. Obviously, I, I, in my opinion, I had a great first year, able to pay all my bills. We had a whole episode about it, and I, I wrote about it on my blog, rjmccollum.com, which you can read about if you haven't heard or read that article yet. But now in 2015... I'm using my experience from 2014 and setting the goals that I did and saying, okay, let's let's make sure that I'm setting some focused goals. What is it that I want to do business-wise in order to, you know, bring the money in? And what is it in terms of skill set? What what is it that kind of has me going at, at the moment uh, that I want to really invest in myself in and make sure that I'm getting better or creating this new skill set? Now, rather than sitting down and saying, I want to build premium WordPress themes or anything like that, I'm looking at it in terms of consulting, and then what, I, what I'm looking at is the fun stuff, and that's web app development. So I have kind of two different consultancies. I run a company called We Do Dev, and that's where I work with uh, all these different agencies, not all these different agencies, but you know, four or five solid agencies that send me regular work, and that's what brings me most of the money. I have a startup, for lack of a better term, called Soil, and that provides websites, uh, you know, on our own custom-built platform for wellness professionals, chiropractors, yoga studios, stuff like that, where, you know, it's kind of been chugging along, and we've been making very minimal progress, uh, but because we're, we've done everything, we built everything, there's not a lot of overhead, so what am I going to do to kind of get that up and running? And then, like I said, the fun stuff. You know, last year I said I wanted to learn Ruby on Rails and build web applications. And I, I did some learning. You know, I took some treehouse courses and, and stuff like that. But it just, it, it dropped off. The, I got busy and life happened and I it wasn't a priority. So it kind of dropped off. So this year, 2015, here is what I am looking to do, looking to accomplish. Rather than spreading myself too thin and doing these things and trying to do too many things, I'm, I'm looking at it from a mature standpoint as I possibly can. So I absolutely can't stop working with clients. I have to pay the bills. So what I'm doing is I'm kind of switching. Right now, We Do Dev, if you go to the website, wedodev.com, you're going to see a very uh, generic kind of anybody who needs web stuff, we can help you out type thing. I'm going to focus that and change the copy up and do a little bit of marketing, some emails and some networking events and stuff like that, specifically tied to other agencies. The bulk of what I do is I work with other agencies. So it makes sense for me to invest a little bit to make sure that my web presence reflects that. It kind of seems dumb when you think about it that it doesn't do that now. If my bread and butter is working for other agencies, why would I have you know a website that's trying to get individual clients? So I'm going to take WeDoDev, I'm going to reposition it just a tad and focus on 
other agencies. I'm going to update the copy of my website, change some things up, start locally, and just send some emails out, visit some networking events and, and stuff like that, just to try to get you know another one or two, maybe even three agencies that are sending me a little bit more work to keep that keep that side of things going, the, the part that is bringing in the majority of my money. For soil, uh, you know, I'm I'm with a team. This isn't just myself. I, it's it's me and three other co-founders for the business. So we are looking to obviously, you know, for us, it's a matter of getting more people on our platform. And at the end of January, at the end of this month, we're actually going to a trade show out in Las Vegas for chiropractors. So we suck at sales. <laughs> That's been the downfall of soil so far. And we're going to give this trade show a shot. It's like the biggest chiropractic trade show of the year. And we're going to give this a shot to see if that will booster some sales and kind of, you know, get some get some steam run running in the engine a little bit. So that's kind of our approach there is to continue to make the product better and, and, you know, put out good work. But in terms of getting in front of people and uh, getting clients, we're going the trade show route there. So that's kind of the business side of things for me, but just just even though I have fun and enjoy doing what I get to do within each of those businesses, I am a constant learner. The last episode we talked about continued education and that is just, it's something that is very important to me. I always like to be getting better, learning new things, uh, honing my skills, And last year, one of my goals was to learn Ruby on Rails. I really want to start to make that transition from a front-end developer to a web developer uh, that I would like to consider myself the the ability to do both back-end and front-end web development. And Ruby on Rails is kind of, I've done some research and stuff, and, and that's kind of the language that I've sat on that said, you know what, I'm going to go this route and learn this. Um, I've already started, uh, so I guess, you know, it, it was, Towards the end of last year, I was talking with somebody that was kind of, you know, going through it and and really, you know, taking the time to learn this stuff. And I I said, you know what, I really wanted to do this this year. And I did. And then right then I said, you know what, no more excuses. I went and signed up for a course, went through and did it. And I've been constantly going through stuff and, you know, just making little silly apps like Pinterest clones and stuff like that, just to get familiar and go through and do it. So specifically with Ruby on Rails, I am really putting an emphasis on doing that. I kind of have a game plan in terms of continuing my education. And that also brings me to the challenge that I spoke about earlier in this episode. I was thinking that, okay, just like last year, I said this was something I really wanted to do. And sure, I you know there were excuses. Uh, it wasn't that I was making excuses. There there were excuses to where I wasn't doing it, and I could try to justify them. Well, it was my first year; I had to focus on the money and stuff like that. But at this point, I feel comfortable moving forward. There can't be any other excuses because in the end, one, this is something that I like. I'm having fun doing it. It's exciting for me. But two, it's not like, you know, I'm playing the guitar and I hope to be a musician where the chances of that are, you know, slim to nil. With this skill set, it broadens my capabilities and it actually opens me up to do more things in turn, make more money. And it's, uh, you know, it's something that will, although I'm having fun on a personal level, it's something that could absolutely transition into a business, whether that's making applications or whether I start doing, you know, Ruby on Rails development for other companies, stuff like that. There is that tie in together that I will benefit professionally from having this skill set. 
So the challenge that I've set down for myself is I have committed personally and I debated on, you know, writing a blog article like a lot of people do. And I said, you know what, the, I would just be doing that for traffic to the site. And, you know, I need to, I need to stay true to myself and make sure that I am being honest with myself when it comes to this. But I did decide to talk about it on this pod, on the podcast, because I want to challenge you guys to do something similar. Um, so with that said, Real Beyond Rails, it's important to me that I am consistent in learning and and always, you know, things are going to come up, things are going to get busy, you know, my family's been sick for the past week, you know, two weeks, so that's kind of thrown some things through the, through the loop in terms of having time to sit down and focus and do work and stuff, but my goal for 2015 to ensure that I am learning Ruby on Rails is to publish a public-facing web application every three months. So what that means is by the end of 2015, I will have created four new products, four new services that somebody can log into, sign up for, and use whatever it is that they are. Now, I put that out into the ether. I've said it. It's something that I'm committed to doing. And, you know, for some people, that can seem like, wow, that's a lot to do considering everything else that's going on. And other people, it's going to seem like, oh, well, you know, that's certainly doable. And others are going to be like, oh, that's a piece of cake. It's not hard at all. In fact, I read this article of this guy who was kind of in the same position that I was wanting to learn Ruby on Rails and finally said, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to do it. And this guy built 12 applications in 12 weeks. And he took it a step further and did a screencast on how he built each application so he could teach it while he was doing it. So I'm not going to that extent. I'd love to say that I have the time to do that. And, you know, maybe I do. I'm just, you know, being lazy. But uh, I'm trying to keep it um, realistic uh, to me. So that way, it's something that I can accomplish, but something that's going to keep me on pace. So Four applications by the end of 2015, releasing one every quarter, so every three months. And I'm already in the middle of the first one. Uh, you know, I'm sure you'll probably hear me talk about it a little bit more, but it's called Kid Coo, a uh, little play on haiku. For those of you that are parents out there, we all, we all, I have a little five-year-old daughter, and we all think our kids say the funniest things ever, and if you're a parent, chances are you have posted many occasions a funny picture or something, a funny conversation that you had with your child on Facebook, Twitter, or something like that. So it was, it was actually my wife's idea, and I said, hey, you know what, that's something I could probably build. And so it's going to be a place where parents can go and post funny things that their kids say. I mean, think of it as, I guess, a tw- Twitter for, uh, you know, funny things that kids say parents can post them. So I'm working on that application right now. If you're interested, you can go to KidKoo, that's K-I-D-K-O-O dot co, C-O, and, uh, and see the landing page, which is very minimal right now. But that is kind of my 2015 summed up there. And that is the challenge for me in 2015. So to recap, 2015 for me has three main focuses. One, the consultancy side of things, specifically with my web consultancy business, where I do a lot of custom WordPress theming. Uh, I'm changing my site and my portfolio site to better reflect the actual client 
that I'm trying to go for, in this case, agencies. And I'm going to do a little bit of kind of, you know, pushing out there, putting some feelers out there to see if I can drum up some new agencies to keep that running smoothly. Of course, taking care of, getting better, and uh, continuing to impress the people I'm currently working with so that none of them fall off. For soil, kind of the startup that I have, you know, been working been working on for the past two years, uh, our trouble has been sales. So the focus is how do we get sales? And we are starting uh, early this year by going to a trade show out in Las Vegas, pretty much taking all the money we have in the bank for the business, which isn't that much. And, you know, paying a couple thousand dollars to, you know, for a booth at the show. And then there's travel and all this other stuff. So, um, you know, really hoping that this works out because we're kind of draining the bank account to go there. So there's a focus on that. And then my focus in terms of getting better and doing some fun stuff, a new hobby, is the Ruby on Rails stuff. And again, that is why I created a challenge for myself. So what I want to do is not just you know, this is my challenge, yes, but I want to extend this challenge out to you. As a freelancer, there has got to be something that you are wanting to do to get better, or there's a goal that you want to hit, or there's a new skill you want to learn. You don't necessarily have to follow the same time frame of, you know, maybe you want to become a better designer. So maybe you, every three months, you put a website out that you've designed, whether it's for a client or for a personal project or just, you know, something you made up. I challenge you to put something in place that has some sort of time constraint on it. That's the important thing. And use that as a tool, as motivation for you to go through and do it. And I have a, you know, like I said, I, I I thought about, you know, writing a blog post saying, hey, here's what I'm going to do. But to be honest with you, that just seemed like a little, a little too BS for me to do that. I'd be doing it for the wrong reasons just to try to jump up some traffic and get an attaboy from people. I do have this podcast, obviously, I just gone through and explained it. So I do have an audience. I'm, I'm the reason I brought it up was because I had to put it out there to something other than just my head. Because at the end of the year, if I didn't say anything about it, nobody was going to know that I failed or succeeded or whatever. So that's why I talked about it on the show. And I challenge you to think of something, you know, like I said, maybe you want to become a better designer, which I'd love to do. So maybe your goal is to design every three months, you know, put out a new complete website that you design from scratch. Maybe that's maybe that's what you want to do. Thinking of freelance writers, you know, maybe you want to uh, get better at writing sales copy that converts. Well, you know, come up with a little product or something, or work with somebody, and you know, every three months or every four months, put put a little sales page out there and run tests on it, and you know, go out and do what it is that you want to do. I mean, that's the whole point of this is you know to steal a, a famous uh, swoosh company saying, just do it. At the end of the day, like we can all have good ideas, but if you're not just doing it, if you're not doing something to put one foot in front of the other and reach that goal, you're sitting stagnant. If you're sitting stagnant, you're getting passed by. I mean, it's as simple as that. So if you want to write a blog post, great. You want to do a YouTube video declaring what it is you're going to do? Cool. You have a podcast and you want to talk about it on your podcast? Perfect. Or maybe you just want to make some sort of declaration in the universe that, you know what, I'm this is what I'm going to do. So if you are going to do this challenge in any sort of way, 
here's what I'd like you to do. I'd like you to let us know and the rest of our listeners know one of two ways. The first way, let us know on Twitter, at FreelanceCast, and just say, hey, I'm going to build four websites this year. You know, maybe maybe you take somebody who's a freelance writer, but they want to get more into web design and development. Maybe their challenge is four websites this year, or two, two websites, whatever. So let us know on Twitter. Or you can let us know on iTunes. Leave us a five-star rating and say, you know what, I'm taking the challenge that RJ laid down in this episode, and here's what I'm going to do. Because the reason I say iTunes is not just so I can get more ratings. Obviously, that helps more people. You've heard me talk about reach more people and all that stuff. But what do you do when you are looking at podcasts or buying something on Amazon? You look at the reviews, right? So if you leave a review saying, hey, you know, this podcast is cool. I get something from it. Uh, You know, they, they said, hey, here's this challenge. If you want to do it, let us know. If you're putting your challenge there, then one, you've, again, put it out there in the ether so people know about it. But two, hey, that could inspire somebody else. Just like I saw the guy that did the 12 apps in 12 weeks and taught everybody how to do the ones he built, you know, that was inspiring to me. So here I am doing my own version of that and letting you guys know if you let other people know through Twitter or through iTunes or somewhere on your own blog, whatever, then, you know, that's, you can kind of keep that ball rolling. You can help other freelancers get better at what they are looking to do. 2015, it's a brand new year. We're all filled with hope. If we put in the work and we put in the follow through, we can get the goals that we want. I'd love to hear of your guys' goals. So please let me know whether that's Twitter, iTunes ratings, uh, email hi at thefreelancepodcast.com. You can personally email me rj at rjmccollum.com. I'm, I'm having to wrap this down because I said my family's been sick for a couple weeks. I'm starting to get it. My throat is hurting and my voice is starting to go out. So let us know what your goals for 2015 are. Please send in your questions. Uh, again, I have those email addresses that I just read off, and iTunes reviews go a long way in helping other people get the show. Together, as a community of freelancers, we can make sure that 2015 is a good year. Hopefully 2014 was a good year. 2015 has big things. We just have to reach out and take them. So until next week, thank you guys for listening, and we'll talk to you next time.